Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Sans Pants Radio, Australia's most cowardly podcast network. Hello and welcome to this bonus episode of Scaredy Boys Chasers, a podcast where three cowardly friends discuss movies to watch after horror movies to help chase away the fear and let your gentle soul sleep soundly. I'm Damien. I'm Sean. And I'm Tom. And for this episode, we watched Treasure Planet. Treasure Planet is a 2002 animated science fiction action adventure film based on the novel Treasure Island by Robert Louis Stevenson. The story follows restless teen Jim Hawkins on a fantastic journey across the universe as cabin boy aboard a majestic space galleon. Befriended by the ship's charismatic cyborg cook, Jim blossoms under his guidance and shows the makings of a fine shipmate as he and the alien crew battle a supernova, a black hole and a ferocious space storm. But even greater dangers lie ahead when Jim discovers that his trusted friend Silver is actually a scheming pirate with a mutiny on his mind. Sean. Boys. Listeners. I have a Paddington doll attached to the end of my microphone and I'm staring him in the face right now. And it's still not the best thing that has happened today. We watched Treasure Fucking Planet and it is the biggest five stars of all time. It is. I'll tell you what, Sean. Yep. Everyone's all like, oh, I love my favorite Disney movies, Little Mermaid. I fucking love The Lion King. I love Aladdin. You're all a bunch of fucking idiots. It's Treasure Planet. Disney, like Treasure Planet makes every other thing that Disney have ever made look like the shit pipe in Shawshank Redemption. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly. And I love it. I love love Hercules. I love Moana. I fucking love The Lion King. Aladdin. Beauty and the Beast. Name it. I love it. Treasure Planet. Fucking hell. If I had, and I didn't discover this when I was a kid. Oh. I only discovered it last year during pandemic times. I thought, what's this? Hang on. Isn't that Atlantis? Wait, no. There's a different movie. It's called Treasure Planet. <laughs> what the fuck? And I watched it and I gave it four and a half stars on Letterboxd. And I knew as soon as I hit post, I was like, you fucked up, you stupid fuckwit. <laughs> that is a five star film. It's incredible. It's, yeah. it's amazing that it doesn't get. Like, I get that it sort of came out in that weird time where, like, we were talking about it just before, but had Disney released, like, uh, these movies that had no songs in them that were a bit out there, or songs, yeah. movies, sorry, that did have songs in them that were a bit darker, like a Tarzan, etc. Yeah. And this just kind of comes along, and it has so many incredible just design things. Mm. Yeah. They're starting to use CGI in the movie. Look, it, they don't nail it completely. But, sure. Yeah. But in 2002, that would have been fucking huge. Oh, phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, I still watch it. I'm just a simple man. I watch it and I go, fuck technology. <laughs> How do you do it? How do you do it? You mentioned Tarzan, too. I just want to quickly say, that's a movie that can climb on my chest and stab me. <laughs> that movie fucking rules. That movie could Jessica Chastain you. Oh, mate. Yeah. yeah, it can Crimson Peak the shit out of me. Um, that, like, that period of Disney is awesome, really. Is it Tarzan, Atlantis? Uh, like Hercules fits in that time. Just, does it? Uh, Emperor's New Groove. Emperor's New Groove. Yeah, yeah. These are all, and Treasure Planet. Uh, Lilo and Stitch. On Stitch, these are all classics. 
that when people talk about Disney, like I'm pretty sure most people go for like Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Lion King, which are fucking great. Well, that's right. the thing. I think if you if you look at Disney, people go that golden era of Disney where it's like uh, Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, yes. Lion King, Aladdin, classic songs. Yeah. The big, they're like what you're big for, right? right Let's right. be real. Yeah, yeah. But these, these are like weird sleeper hits that came later. Like I still just watching it before. There are so many things in Treasure Planet that it's like fucking people would love this shit. The char- this is basically what Disney should have done with any of their Star Wars movies. Right. It's it's so inventive. It's pirates in space. <laughs> there is a man who an evil man who is a spider. There is a pile of goo oh, that shapeshifts. That fucking dog. Oh. <laughs> What's his name again? Mr. Scroop. Mr. Scroop. It's not even a fucking name that you remember. I just hate it. It's burned in my brain. Oh. It's powerful. It's the he, whole- he looks great. The design is off its head. The imagination, it's incredible. I, I tip my hat to Disney. Yeah. It's phenomenal. It really is. And before we just lose our load over how good this movie was, I want to talk too about... Late. It is way too late. You're glowing. Uh, I want to talk about... <laughs> what's, he, what's he glowing like, Damon? Is he glowing like a, like a soul of fire? Oh, oh, Tom, don't quote oh, a fucking boy. movie and rip my heart out. <laughs> I want to talk about why it's so fucking good. Yeah. In that it's, it's character-based. It, it has complex characters for a Disney film. It's so curious to say, like, yeah, this is a sleeper sort of gem in the mix. Yeah. Because it... Didn't do well. Box office, didn't do well compared to other Disney films. Still obviously made a profit. It's fucking Disney. There's no songs. It's kind of a bit weird. It's based on... People are like, oh, yeah, Treasure Island. Yeah, we've seen the Muppet version of that, which is also excellent. Right. Yeah. Um, Everyone get a tattoo, please. Please. (laughs) Uh, Like, it's a bit of a weird choice. And when I guess you look at it or even the trailer, there's no princess. There's no songs. Mm. It's kind of weird space movie. I'll tell you what it is. It's a movie ahead of its time. This is a Pixar movie in waiting. Like yeah. this is what Pixar and what Disney 3D Animation Studios is now in that they're investing in stories that is so far beyond a princess and like their princess stories are still great today, but things like Zootopia and all the Pixar stories where they dive deep into story and dive deep into character and give you something so much more than what you need or thought you wanted yeah. and you come out a better person because of it. So this movie in my mind was just ahead of its time. Yeah. I think, I think, fuck, you know how there's this thing where like, I don't know, on one of them young people's social medias, like a TikTok where people get in like a, fuck, this, this, this band or book from like 1998 fucking slaps. And it's like, yeah, it did when I was a kid too. I feel like we need the next generation to get on Treasure Planet. Get behind Treasure Planet. We need to push, fuck off all these other live action reboots. Right. Let's, let's, let's do a... Dan, just nah, you know what? Not a live action reboot. Nah. Just re-release it. Re-release yeah. it in the cinemas. Get it the billion dollars it deserves. Re-release yeah. it into my veins. <laughs> I'll take it. I'm going to get off this recording. I'm going to get on the internet. I'm going to buy a poster. I'm going to put it in a frame. I'm going to hang it on my wall. Love it. <laughs> oh, if you don't movie. do that, I'm going to... Mate, you can... <laughs> I'm going to watch. <laughs> yeah, I'll do it. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm going to fucking do it. There's a mad gleam in your eye. I'll do it right now. <laughs> Sean Carney is about to explode like a supernova right now. Oh, that is man. fact. We watch this movie together. We finished watching. And Sean, you have then spent the next 10 minutes just pacing the room yeah. full of energy. Yeah. Yeah. We, we didn't record quick enough. No. <laughs> where I am now. Imagine where I was back then. Oh. So this movie very almost didn't exist for a very long time. Uh, John Musker and Ron Clements, who wrote and directed it, Legends. have been pitching this movie to Disney since 1985. Fucking hell. Far out. So during produ- production on The Black Cauldron, which they made in 1985, they were pitching it. But they're going to end up getting assigned to Basil the Great Mouse Detective in 1986. 
Then, after directing The Little Mermaid, they tried again, but they got assigned to direct Aladdin in 1992. Like, I'm sorry. These guys have... Oh, we couldn't couldn't get our our Treasure Planet movie up. We'll direct The Little Mermaid and then Aladdin, I guess. They directed Hercules too, didn't they? I'm just about to get to that. (laughs) So, then they directed Hercules in 1997, and that's when they put their foot down, and they said, we will only direct this movie if we get to be allowed to make Treasure Planet right after it. Yeah, boy. And look, it took them a long time. It was a long journey. There are three men in this room right now who are very grateful for that journey. I want to thank those men I'm gonna for buy their them dedication. A you should. I will. I will. Fuck, you know, <laughs> I'm making a lot of promises and I'm going to keep every single one of them. Uh, I'm excited for you to get a letter back from Ron Clements that's just like, are you a fully grown adult man? <laughs> I'll send you a picture of me and Paddington. Right. Can you make that promise to Paddington right now? That way I'm I look, know. I'm giving him a hard stare. I'll fucking do it, mate. Oh, shit, he's going to do it. Oh, I'll fucking oh, do it. shit. Yeah, I will. <laughs> All right, let me get to our first question, which is, did it help calm our cowardly hearts? <laughs> yeah. It, <laughs> I will say this, though. I'll never be scared again. It, <laughs> you will. Don't be scared. Oh, I promise that, too. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, can I yeah, put something Reel me here? back in, boys. Help me. <laughs> Fuck. If you watched this movie before watching Midsummer. And then I promised you you could watch it again after watching Midsummer. Midsummer shit shmama. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Oh, Give me a hereditary. Oh. <laughs> okay, sure. Dial it down. Dial it down. Woo. I'll watch Woman in Black for 24 hours straight. Nah, please reel me in. I don't please. know how. I want to. I don't oh. know how. We can't help you, mate. Jim didn't tie your line tight enough. Oh, Scroops come along and cut you loose. Yeah, he's a cheeky fucker, isn't he? No, all right, settle down. <sighs> Boys, please settle down. All right, so yes, it did help calm our cowardly hearts. Obviously, we are elated. We are yeah. over the moon. We've we've actually been we spent a week out by the beach on a retreat, and we've been watching horror movies all week. Yep, yep. that is a fact. We've literally watched yep. them every day, multiple yep. horror movies every yep. day for a week. Yep, and now we've watched Treasure Planet. <laughs> And it has been the ultimate chaser to a week of horror. <laughs> it really has. It's been the perfect palate cleanser because, like, there's just you can find something to latch onto in it. No, like it doesn't matter. Like I love the story of Treasure Island, so I can latch onto that. But it's also the character designs are so fascinating, interesting. The aliens and creatures are so cool. The main characters are unreal. You've got Emma Thompson rattling off the fucking most beautifully worded insults. Oh yes. Known to man and giving me quite possibly the most confusing flutters in my chest <laughs> because she's an anthropomorphic cat alien woman and I love her. <laughs> and I don't know how to deal with that. Yep. And I think I need to go for a long, long walk along the beach just collecting my thoughts no. and then we'll come back, propose to that cat. <laughs> no shame in this circle, mate. Emma Thompson no. can do no wrong. It's like it's incredible. The the, the sheer joy I, I think that's the thing. It it it's a, like an adventure movie that just captures your imagination and mm. your adventures. I think if you boil it down, it is literally the core of what Disney do, I guess. They they take you on this magical journey mm. and they give you characters that you care about. And it's just so fucking wonderful. Like, yeah. it's just every element of it is just so fucking good. Right. Well, we've got to talk about the relationship between Jim Hawkins and John and- Silver. Long John Silver, but they just call him John yeah. Silver. Johnny Johnny S. Johnny S. Mm-hmm. Carney, do you want to talk to this? Because basically, this is yeah. your catnip. This is... <laughs> yeah, big time. This is distant father yeah, come good. It's taught me everything I will, will ever need to know about fatherhood. <laughs> um, it's changed my life forever. I actually mean that seriously. Yeah, I know, you, I know you do. No, just like if I have kids, 
fucking hell, I'll be saying to them, I'll be telling them they can rattle the stars. Oh. It's changed me forever. Tom, what's the other line? The other one's even more beautiful. Right. Do you want me to, do you want me yeah, to read it to you, you, Sean? You find that line, I, you read it to me, and I will just whimper. So it? the other line, and this is the line that's great, and I think it's this little, I'm going to read the whole speech out, but it's basically the whole thing that I love, and I think I love it about Treasure Island, but particularly this version of Treasure Island does it beautifully well, is you basically, I think that the thing that makes it great is unlike other Disney films, you kind of have two heroes, yep. and they give them equal time and equal weight. You get a little bit more backstory with Jim because he is our protagonist. Sure. But you also get to chart the journey of John Silver from grizzled pirate who cares about no one and nothing but treasure yep. to a man who realises that there is... There's more than than all the all the sacrifices that he's made chasing this treasure mm-hmm. don't matter because he's met this young man mm. and he's like oh that's what it's about it's yeah. about having a friend it's about having someone who believes in you yeah. who cares you and who loves you and that's that's the true treasure is the, the friends we made along the way and that's literally the plot of the film yeah. and it's gorgeous it's the, it's the dads incredible. the dads we made along the way it's the- <laughs> <laughs> so the line Sean is uh, so Jim Hawkins is a bit flat and yeah. at this point Silver's kind of they have a fucking great montage in this where they develop their relationship beautifully oh, yeah. to a very emo early 2000s <laughs> pump rock, pop rock song. Yeah. I'll listen to it a hundred times tonight. Cracker it's, of a it's a It's a ripper. Yeah. But the, the thing that's great is you get basically Jim's relationship developing with John and John realising, oh no. Mm. And there's a great beat just at the end of this where Jim is basically being blamed for a murder. And John knows it wasn't him because he knows- that cheeky fucking scorpion. Yeah, did it. Yeah, and he pulls him, and he doesn't have to do this at any. He doesn't have to because yeah. he's they're set on mutiny, but he does, and he does. Now you listen to me, James Hawkins. You got the makings of greatness in you, but you got to take the helm and chart your own course. Stick to it, no matter the squalls. And when the time comes and you get the chance to really test the cut of your sails and show what you're made of, well, I hope I'm there. Catching some of the light coming off you that day. Oh, what a just what a, about the biggest thing ever committed to paper and oh, screen. It but is how, unreal. It's beautiful. This, like I'll quote it word to word to my word for word to my kids, and they'll be like, "Geez, you're an artist." <laughs> I'm going to kidnap other people's kids and tell them. Yeah, this. they yeah. won't put me in jail because they'll be like, "Nah, you did good." Yeah, put them on your spaceship into fucking the pirate ship in space. Yep. And <laughs> tell them that, and then drop them back home. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah bring them home. Obviously, <laughs> no, but it's beautiful. It's, it's gorgeous. It's beyond beautiful. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Well, let me jump to our second question. Yeah. What was your most powerful part? That bit there. That bit there. That bit right there. Yeah. It's, I'm glad you said that because I've got a story. <laughs> so, the animator, Glenn Keane. Fuck me. Who, who drew the Silvers, You've Got the Makings of Greatness in New Speech to Jim. Glenn King. Said he drew from real life inspiration while he was doing so. So, in his words, I was 17 years old and I've been fighting for a starting position on the football team as a halfback. And there's another player who's competing for the same position and he was a heck of a lot bigger and the head coach favorite guy. I worked really hard and I got the starting position on this game and I was really proud of it. The game started and I played three plays, got the ball once. Then the head coach took me out and put the other guy in for the rest of the game. I never played again and I was crushed. As a 17-year-old, that's your life. You want the chance to shine. I had it, but the coach took it away. Afterwards, 
in the parking lot, the assistant coach, Mickey Ryan, a great guy who spoke with his heart and always had a twinkle in his eye, put his hand on my shoulder and said, Glenn, you're going to do great things. You're going to get that starting position. That wasn't right what happened. I could see that he really cared. There were tears in his eyes and I started to cry too. And he said, I live that scene with Jim and Silver on the boat when Silver encourages Jim after the big setback. And it was one of those things that you try to animate that you've lived through and hope you can even get close to it. Jesus Christ. I'm going to cry. Our pledge to you people out there who are scared like us, unlike any other chase we've done so far, I think you could put this after any movie and it would would annihilate it. That scene. I think I think you'd go to bed and the only thing you'd think of is that scene and those those that that sentence of I, I hope I catch a bit of light coming off you then yeah is such a beautiful sentiment for friendship mm. that hearing that backstory too fucking hell it's even more beautiful is powerful uh, this movie just reinforces like the beauty of just encouraging someone yes because how many people are like they don't have the confidence and it's right there and if they just had someone like fucking John Silver right say to them just give them that encouragement that little push. Imagine the great things you can do. This movie. Yeah. Oh, God. The thing I love about it's it. It's going to be my top four. The thing I love about it is that it's not even that he wants it for himself, as in Long John Silver. Yeah. He just hopes he can get a bit of that light off of him in that all he really wants is to see him be as great as he knows he can, as he knows he can be. And it's such a pure moment because there's nothing in it for John Silver there. No, yes. it's, it's, the first, it's the first time in the whole movie he's been genuinely honest. Yeah. Yeah. There is no benefit for him doing that. If anything, keep the kid down, he'll stay out of your way, you get your right. job done. But he builds him up because he can't help it. Because, yep. Well, frankly, he doesn't say this in the film with these words, but he fucking loves him. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, no, that's, that's what that is. Yeah. And that's what the line is echoed again later. Yep. The rattle of the stars. The whole thing about him, it's really lovely because this moment here is so pivotal because I think foreshadows the decision that John makes later in the film to forfeit the treasure to save yes. him. Yes, You know he's going to do it. Even though he's pulled a gun on him, even though he's tried to kill him, even yeah. though he's done all these awful things, kidnapped people, threatened to kill... Like, even though he's been basically the pirate that he is, mm. you know that there's there's something in there and he's never going to do that. Right. He's always going to... He's always... From that moment on, you know that he's always going to make the right call. And so when he is faced with treasure... As he jokes later, oh, it's just a lifelong obsession. Yeah. The only thing he's going to do is always save Jim Hawkins. Yeah. I fucking love that theme in a movie where it's like choosing friendship over treasure. Yep. It's incredible. You get in this, you get in him, bloody uh, Last Crusade, Indiana Jones. Yep. Yeah. It's there. Oh. But, but, it's, but it's like literally both... And this is what I mean when I say it's a dual protagonist kind of film. It 100% is. Yeah. Is that they both get what they want. Yep. John gets his treasure. Jim gets his adventure. Yeah. And then they both refuse it. To get what they need for, mm. for Jim, it's to go home to his family because he—it's that bit at the end of the boat. If you had have asked me this when we first met, right. I would have said yes, but I've, I don't need it anymore. Yeah, it's perfection. I'm going to chart my own course. I'm going to chart my yeah. own course. And even though he like he's with his family, he looks out the window, and you know he's going to go off to space at some point. Yeah, he's going to do it his way. Mm. And John's like, "Yep, I'm going to take all this treasure. It's, the, it's literally the thing he has been chasing his entire life. Whatever sacrifices he've had to make along the right, way. Right, right, and." At the end of it, he's like, no, nah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose this plucky space kid because yeah, that's what you need in your life. That's what's really important. And it's, <clears throat> just to get into the craft of it for a second. So, a character's arc where they there's their need, the thing they need to learn. Basically, by the midpoint, they learn it, but they're not ready for it yet. Yeah. So, when he's talking to him on the boat- And, and he, he says that. And he delivers the speech and he says, oh, oh, I better not get too soft. So, he's not ready for it yet. But it sets up that when he, then the time comes- 
we believe it. We know it because he knows it. In fact, he's already known it because then there comes the point, it's like the backslide where they've learned the thing they need, but then they actually resist it. They backslide until finally they come full force and learn it completely. Mm -hmm. And so, when it comes, it is a powerhouse of a hit to the heart because it's been there the whole time. It, It is so perfectly delivered. And another thing on craft that I wanted to talk about is the stakes. Yeah. The whole time I was watching this movie, every beat of it, they are raising the stakes right up to the very last moment yep. where it looks like they're getting away. They've, they've got on the ship. The impossible has happened. They're getting off the, the planet that is exploding and they're not going to make it out in time. The robot tells them, Ben, awesome robot, by the way, <laughs> tells them oh. they're not going to make it out in time. So they've got to go for the, for the portal. Except how are they going to get to the portal? It's, it's on the inside of the planet. It needs to be out in the stars. So then Jim jumps on his frigging makeshift surfboard, oh. gets on the surfboard. Oh, great. He's going to do it. No, because the surfboard stops running. So he has to fucking drag it and make it explode so he can get back up. Like every beat of this film is constantly raising the stakes. If you ever want to know how to raise the stakes, watch Treasure Planet. If you ever want to know about heart and character development, watch, watch Treasure, Treasure Planet. Planet. If you want to know about life and love and everything, watch, watch Treasure, Treasure Planet. Planet. It's just, there's a scene I love and it's where Jim asks, um, Asks him, he's, he's missing his hand. He's like, what happened to you? And what, what does he say? He says, um, chasing a dream. Chasing a dream costs you a lot or something yeah. like that. And that's yeah. all he kind of says on it. But it mm. just tells you everything you need to know about silver. It's perfect. It's he full of little whatever. moments. It's He will do whatever it takes to get the treasure. And then yeah. when he gets it, he, turn, he turns his back on it. Yeah. yeah. I just love so many facets of it. So you've got all of that going on. But I just want to just walk back to just from a design point of view. Yeah. The design of the characters is so perfect for who they are. Right. Mr. Arrow. The stalwart, strong as, very straight, solid as a rock. He's literally made of rock. <laughs> yes. Silver is this like fun, charming, fun, sort of wobbly character, kind of like a big cuddly uncle. Yeah. But because he's a bit dangerous, he also has a cannon for an arm. Right. And then you've got the sort of real villain of the piece is a literal fucking spider. Yeah. Like looks terrifying. Yeah. Like all of the designs of the characters are just perfect. Like... Ben being this weird robot that doesn't quite have the right proportions. <laughs> like, the character designs are, are flawless for mm. literally the physical embodiments of what they are. Yeah, yeah, great call. It's, it's really, it's, it's literally just from, from tip to tail, faultless. Something that happens at the tip that I love that pays off is when the mum says she just wishes that her boy would come home yeah. the same as he was with like a pet or something like that. Right. And at the end, comes home and he's got Morph with him. Oh, Sean. Oh, I just, miss it's that. It's just oh. beautiful. Because they, they even trick you because they pay that off immediately with the gag of him walking in with Billy Bones. Yep. So yes. you think, oh, that's not going to mean anything and then boom at the end. Yeah. I mean, great. is that what happens when you? it takes you 20 years to make a movie? That's what I was about to say. Yeah. yeah. When you don't just do one or two drafts, when you work on it. And I think we talked about this. I, this feels like an animation thing particularly mm. like Disney and Pixar they norm- they normally don't make shit films no and it's the amount of work that goes into actually making them so you're going to be damn sure they're going to get the script right yes yeah, yeah especially 20 years of getting a script yeah. right right and when you're like they're at this time where they were hand drawing parts of it they were CGI early CGIing it which I have to imagine was friggin difficult yeah. with the tech at the time yeah. So yeah, by the time you're doing that, well, we want to know that what we're doing is the final product. Yeah, I yeah. think I think at that point, so I don't know about other films. That feels like the most ambitious use of CGI. Oh yeah, at the considering time. that early on, I think Beauty and the Beast had some, mm-hmm. but it was just like a like 
scene. So it was yes. the, it's the, the ballroom. Right, right. Be- uh, Aladdin has some, which is the carpet stuff, like yep. when they're flying through clouds. and the- Am I going to go on a Disney binge? Yes, <laughs> yes, I am. Probably are, 100%. Yeah. I need it after this week. Watch Treasure Planet, but if, if that's not there for you, Disney is such a good go-to to, to push the scares away because oh, yeah. they're just they're just they're hard they're made for basic storytelling sounds bad but mm. that's what it is like it's distilled yeah. joy but yeah. anything but really yeah it is basic in that they're hitting the marks they need to yeah it's fucking hard to do yeah and I I think particularly I'd be curious to look at all the different run times of Disney I think when they hit 90 almost unstoppable yeah. if yeah. I was to see like a Disney or an animated film that's got a two hour run time that's when I go I reckon that's probably a bit bloated. I don't right. think I've ever seen... The only time I've ever seen probably a movie, a, an animated movie with a longer than 90-minute runtime, mm. is Into the Spider-Verse. And that earned it. Completely. And that is also flawless yeah. from tip to tail. Yeah. But yeah, tar- uh, seek out Tarzan, seek out Atlantis, seek out... Um, I guess Hercules is in the similar period. Yeah, yeah. Anything yeah. from that era. I mean, anything Disney. When Disney are good, <laughs> they're fucking unstoppable in yeah. the same way that Pixar are. Yeah. But um, yeah, this, this era too, like... Sean, you haven't seen it or you can't remember if you have, but Lilo and Stitch would be very much up your alley because it's yeah. a similar thing. It's two outcasts mm. meeting one another. But, like, that's the thing. You, you can find a Disney story to fit the need that you have to alleviate your skin. Yeah. If you are seeking a Disney story, that's like, I just want a nice little love story. There are yeah. plenty of them. If you want right. a story about family, there are plenty of them. If yes. you want a story about adventure, there are plenty of them. If you want a story with fucking great songs, watch The Lion King. So... <laughs> Or Hercules. I think the movies that it will affect my heart the most will be like those family ones. Mm. But it's also, and this is a common sort of Disney thing, I think, is a character who has to go on a journey because they don't know what their place is. Yeah. Their place in the world. They have to find their place. And that's, yeah. I mean, that's Treasure Planet. Yeah. And they often they often find their place, but that often means they find their family along the way as well. Yes. Yeah. It's painful. I, I love- I'm going to tear up. <laughs> I love that, like, uh, my girlfriend, one of her favourite things in a movie is- ragtag groups of people coming together for an occasion. It's Particularly great. if in a movie about halfway through a bunch of misfits are like celebrating a birthday or Christmas. Yeah. And you're just like, look, it's like that kind of shit is great. Just yeah. getting a bunch of people who are forced to be together yes. falling in love with one another and you yeah. go, yes, it's what we want. Yeah. On top of that, that's I, I fucking love that. I love broken people who come together and mm. have to help each other heal. Yeah. Become and I, I think of something like the first Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. They're all a bunch of fucking rat bags. But together, <laughs> they make each other better people. Yeah. Fucking beautiful. That's great. Found right. family. Well, on the found family, how would we do in this situation? Uh, oh, so, I think the three of us need to take Jim's spot here. So, yeah. collectively, we're Jim Hawkins. Yeah. We're on the boat. We're the cabin boys. We're yeah. under Long John Silver. So, maybe, maybe we're a bit more like uh, the Muppet Treasure Island version in which Sean is Jim Hawkins, <laughs> I am Gonzo, and Damo, you're Rizzo. Fucking bring it on, son. <laughs> yes, please. And thank you. I think I fall for the charms of John Silver. Oh, are you kidding me? Yeah, no, sure. absolutely. Of course you do. Yeah, yeah. Oh, maybe. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, I jump in that boat with him at the end. We're gone. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. I fall for the charms of Emma Thompson as a cat. <laughs> or Kermit the Frog. Or Kermit the Frog. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Can we just also, very briefly, we've, we've done a bit of Treasure Island this weekend. We've also watched the Muppet Treasure Island, yeah. which is I love. Very different to this and is a five-star movie for mm. me for a different reason. It doesn't have the same heart necessarily as this, no. but it has a Muppet factor, which is just, you cannot sort of measure that. It's mm. hilarious. That's a, you know, and the, 
the last 15 minutes of that movie, there is a fight sequence that goes so much harder oh. than it has any fucking yes. right to. Yes. yes. And you know what? I'm not going to say anything more. <laughs> because you need to, if you haven't, you need to experience that for yourself. Yeah. yeah. Look, and I think for me in this situation, I'm just trying to corral you two into doing a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, this sounds like a real life. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. hello. Yeah. Is, this, is this your animating from real life? Oh, this Are is you having name. your Glenn King? He's never <laughs> yeah. a king, but we've renamed him. Uh, he's a king. <laughs> he's a king. That's now what a beautiful story. That's it's a so like a sad story. But also like a, a beautiful one. Yeah. That he that he turned he took that moment, he turned it into something that I will always remember as fucking staggeringly beautiful. But how good to come to this, what, 20, 30 years later, you're yeah. working on a project that's passionate to you. You read a script that is like, holy shit, this is taking a moment from my life and yeah. put it on the screen. So he wrote and it? I get to No, no, he was the animator. The animator. So I'm the script came him, to I'm him. I'm gonna write him a letter. But he's like, I get to work on that. Yeah. That means that he's ba- oh, phenomenal. I'm that's- writing him a letter. This is the magic of the silver screen. Who was I writing a letter to? Ron Clements, the director. The director. There's co-directors. So that's Say a, both that's of them. A, that's a double letter. You're writing a letter to Long John Silver? <laughs> <laughs> As if I haven't already. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll just go and hug my dad. <laughs> yeah, look, close enough. His name's John. Oh, can we go hug your dad? <laughs> I'll just hug him and go... Love you, Silver. And he'd be like, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing, Dad. Nothing, Dad. Just come here. Ah, I love you. All right. So how would we do? Like, what? Well, I guess the situation here, uh, do we have the wiles to both uh, see Long John Silver for, for what he is in the moment, as well as, as, well as like... Sean's fucked. <laughs> Sean's well <laughs> fucked. Oh, yeah. You, oh, no. you, for once on this show, yeah. you're going to betray us for Long John. Yeah. Oh, oh, I have to. I'm going to cut your lines. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no. You guys are floating out of space. <laughs> you're going to miss hours. Or at the very least, yeah. you're going to go right when he's like, come on, let's take this treasure and leave. Yes. And you'll be like, yeah. Well, I'm Jim Hawkins. I've got the map. I'll be like, Silver, um, Dad, sorry. Um, here's the map. Cut all the lines. We're on the ship. Bam. This is true. This movie only, our version only ends with Sean and Silver. Flying off into the distance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Damon and I, I've floated off into space in the arms of Emma Thompson, cat. Yeah. yeah. I'm flying off into the sunset arm and arm with dad. And so. Damon's just like, fuck boys, I was just trying to do a podcast on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I've got one last fact, and I think this pertains to you, Tom, with your love for Emma Thompson's oh, character. Yes. So, at the end of this movie, Dr. Doppler, who I guess is what? The, the role you're taking. Yeah, in, I guess In a so. sense. I guess so, except I'm not a big fuckhead. Right, but he gets together with Captain Amelia. You're horny, though. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's no. Not, not today. And they have... <laughs> today I'm in love. <laughs> well, they have a number of children. They do. Yeah. yeah. So I'm guessing you want to have children with her. You're in love with her. I, see, I do have some questions, though. Cause no, like, no, 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 no. Just answer yes or no question. It feels... What did your heart say, mate? I feel like yeah. Jake's Tully and Avatar. We are, shouldn't be so familiar with <laughs> Something. There is an innate wrongness having cat babies. <laughs> you're so, not you, you're the character. Oh, well, in that case, yeah. Okay, great. So, for this character, there was a few lines cut from this movie uh, that they were worried was a bit too risque for a children's movie. Ooh, which was yes. that Dr. Doppler, the, the male alien, was the one to give birth to the children. Oh. Oh. I like that a lot. You like that? Yeah. That's very funny. That's cool. <laughs> Wait, why would they get... He's just a seahorse. He's man. a seahorse. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? They're aliens. What the, what the fuck does it matter? Wait, why did they cut that? They thought it was too risque. Well, I, you know what it was? I've actually, prob- I, when I was looking in the quotes before, I did see the cut line. Right. And he did say to her, uh, 
Captain Amelia, I want you to fuck me so hard. <laughs> <your babies. laughs> Get me pregnant, baby. <laughs> and that is all the chaser talk we have for this episode. I've been Damien. I've been John. And uh, I've been Dr. Doppler. <laughs> if you want to tell us some chasers to watch or would like to say hi, you can email us at threescaredboys at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter at scaredyboys or individually. I'm at Midday Pajamas. I'm at Carney from 55. And I'm at Awkward Trade. Stay calm, everyone. You're all a bunch of fucking idiots. It's Treasure Planet.